Hi, I'm Jamin. You're listening to the Happy Market Research Podcast. My guest today is Pepper Miller, a principal consultant and an award-winning market researcher and speaker. In 1995, Pepper founded the Hunter Miller Group, a market research and marketing strategy company. She followed this by being the lead consultant in the largest study about African Americans in 2008. It was called the Black American Today Segmentation Study. Today, Pepper is the president of the Hunter Miller Group, author of Black Still Matters and What's Black About It. This episode is brought to you by Momentive. You may have heard that SurveyMonkey's parent company recently rebranded as Momentive, a leader in agile insights and experience management. The Momentive AI-powered insights platform is built for the pace of modern business so you can deeply understand your market, elevate your brand, and build winning products faster. Momentive offers 22 purpose-built market research solutions that incorporate an AI engine, built-in expertise, sophisticated methodologies, and an integrated global panel of over 144 million people to deliver meaningful insights in hours, not months. Momentum also has a team of market research consultants that can take on anything from research design to custom reporting as needed. So you can spend more time shaping what's next for your organization. To learn more, visit Momentive.ai. That's M-O-M-E-N-T-I-V-E dot A-I. The Insights Association seeks to recognize as laureates outstanding peer-nominated members with distinguished careers and contributions who have advanced and benefited the Insights Association. This is considered a lifetime recognition of distinction in the field rather than an award for specific achievement. Pepper, tell me, what does it mean for you to have been acknowledged by the Insights Association as an IPC laureate? I, it's honored and humbling. And thank you for nominating me, Jam. And I know you had something to do with that. So thank you so much. It's important to be recognized with esteemed people like yourself and the CEO of Schlesinger and Associates, which I use often for my research. But what I feel honored about in the work that they're doing as a result of having me on board is allowing me to share my story about Black America. Um, being this underserved segment. So I am speaking for a lot of the people that I've interviewed over and over again, um, that society and business leaders in and outside of our industry understands our value as a people and as a value of market segment. So as a laureate, oh my God, it brings that story to a broader segment of people. So I am delighted and honored and very humbled. So thank you and I thank the association for recognizing me. I appreciate it. The laureates serve as mentors in the market research as well as, as, as other industries. Can you provide some advice for young professionals in the Insights Association or insight, Insights Industry? Some things that, you know, some career advice. It, you know, that's a great question. We get that asked a lot. And people are often looking for really big ideas. And I often think about, Jim Collins, who wrote the book From Good to Great, The Essence of Profound Insights is Simplicity, he says. And so I think some of the things that we think we need to do that are really big are important things that are simple. And it's, there's a lot of things I think that we have inside of ourselves 
that, that we don't always recognize. So when I talked about earlier about telling your whole story, one of the things that I've observed is that people are afraid to bring their whole selves to the table. And I think in this climate, it's important that we do that. So that's one of the things in terms of, and what that looks like is you're, you're telling your story and telling your story for your audience or your peer group and why that's relevant to whatever you're doing. Doing what you love is so important. People go for the money, go for the money. I mean, and we've heard that over and over again. One of the questions you asked earlier in the panel, one of the questions that came up was, what would we do if we could retire and stop doing what we're doing today? And it's what we love. And I think that's really important. I think to give networks your attention. People talk about networking more and you, in what you are doing is an example of networking. When people say, well, I don't know how to network. I love what you're doing and I wish I could throw it back on you. I mean, really, is this difficult to do? Networking what, is... I mean, this, your happy market research podcast. Yeah. Is it difficult to do? It takes time. It's not hard. Anybody okay. could do it. Like anybody okay. from a, there's not a technology barrier. It's just a time and discipline barrier. Got it. That's a really interesting point that you're making about like, don't just go for the money. You know, it's especially today because the job market is so hot. I was just speaking with a, somebody at a big company and, and they're having such a significant problem with hiring right now in the insights, in the insights world. They're making like, people are making twice as much money as they were even a year ago. It's insane. Like the, and so, but what's going to be interesting is you and I are old enough to have lived through a couple of downturns yes. and the people that make the decisions based on fit are going to be the ones that are not looking for a job when there's a downturn. Absolutely. Absolutely. I going back to the networking opportunity and what that looks like. I think when we're networking that, you know, I think it's important to reach out and connect with people. I usually do accept a lot of invitations, particularly if they are relevant to what I'm doing. If you're making cement balls, I might back you up a little bit. But I think when you come to the table to network, I think you need to think about what can I offer this person? I think that's really important. And so that, and I hate when people say, I just want to pick your brain. I think you need to, you know, have a little plan, what you want to ask, what is it you need to know that's going to help you? And then how can you help them? Go to their website. I tell people all the time, go to my website, have your questions ready before you talk to me and I'll give you 30 minutes, you know, have a plan. I think helping people understand how to network, you know, is important and finding a mentor and being proactive, you know, I guess in the network process is, is really important. Yeah. I think that the proactivity is, you know, there's two parts of it. I think a lot of times when we're looking for a job, we start networking. And then when we get a job, we stop networking. Good point. Right? But it's about maintaining that muscle the whole and that discipline the whole time in your career that really gives you oversized opportunities. Absolutely. And I think your happy market research, your luncheon mm -hmm. sessions, rather, and your podcast, yeah. it, they really do provide an opportunity for us to network. And I would encourage all those that are listening today to join in and hook up and link up with you and go to your sessions. I love that you invite people right away to put their LinkedIn information in the chat. And people, everybody does it. I can't tell you the number of people that I've connected with through your lunch and learn session. Yeah. So good job. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. Good job. I have. Thank you, Thank I, you, you know, yeah. we can do these off camera sessions, emails going, Zoom with people that I met. Yep. At your lunch session. So thank you so much for that. 
that's so that's so cool. I'm so glad it to hear is. it. I mean, that's the whole mission, right? Is we are humans and we need to be able to have human connections. And that's what we're trying to facilitate. That isn't a sales environment, right? It's a, no, just a connection, yeah. human connection environment. Absolutely. Absolutely. A lot of people have found jobs through it. Yeah, great. Now, there's a woman that was looking for a job today and I wish her well. She did connect with another gentleman from Charlotte. So I wish oh, them perfect. well. So that's great. <laughs> See, isn't that funny? Yeah, she might have a job by the end of the Like that. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I love that. I love that. All right. So let's talk a little bit about trends, issues, technology, that kind of stuff. Do you anticipate that that we're going to continue to see big impact in the coming year relative to, uh, I mean, qualitative research is really interesting. Qualitative research totally got changed, right, through COVID. What, what do you see as the outcome of that as we go forward? Are we going to start doing in-person again? That's a great question. I think we will. Some people will. Some are hesitant. I'm going to continue on, particularly since the new strain of COVID is starting to tick up. I want to get back to in-person. One of the things I've been doing a lot is selling the sizzle reels, bringing in a production team, you know, having them interview when I do in-persons or bringing them in the focus group room, collecting all these clips, putting the clips, having the clips go in the report and delivering a sizzle reel to the client. So I'm looking forward to that. When I think about the trends in research, one of the this whole idea of inclusion. I think you and I started talking about that because there has not been a lot of inclusion in the market research industry. They're notoriously behind, notoriously not diverse. And so what we are seeing is this new buzzword, inclusion, inclusion, it's an old word, but it, it has more meaning today in the era of Black Lives Matter and George Floyd. So Trump, COVID, and George Floyd together were three disruptors that have changed marketing and market research forever. And I think because of that, I'm feeling it. I have never been so busy before doing work with companies that really finally want to understand Black people, brands that have never, ever done any work with Black America. And I don't think that's going to be a trend. I think it's going to become a standard when these companies are going to start doing that. The other noticeable trend, or I guess around technology, is the focus on communities within social media. That has really become important. So now we've got Clubhouse and TikTok. We have Twitter. We have Black Twitter. We have Facebook. Really, we have Black Facebook. We have Black Twitter. We have Black TikTok. We have Black Clubhouse. And we probably have Asian and probably have. So one of the things that we found is there are a lot of communities within them based on your interests. It could be travel. It could be, I don't know, knitting, whatever. But we have found that people are still congregating and having these discussions around race. What we're finding even in Clubhouse and some of these other places is that it's just not on all Black, for example, I'm focused on the black stuff, but it's just not a whole room full of black people talking there, white people talking, Asian and the people that are leading the discussion, the majority of people that are talking about race or whatever are part of these communities. And I think we're going to continue to see more and more of these communities. And I think it's a really good way for us as researchers to join in, pay attention to what the conversations are so we will know what the hot topics are that we can bring to the research table that we could probe more on or we could develop more podcasts or articles about to help educate the society, well, business leaders and society. So I found that to be very 
very interesting how people are gravitating to these communities around particular interests and particularly around the racial discussions. And not so much like one discussion, for example, on Clubhouse was a a real job description that one of the moderators had and a real applicant that had applied to the job. And they threw out the job description. He went line by line. He gave a description of the applicant and he talked about what was working and what was wrong with the job description and and how it was going to impact the applicant who was black, for example. It was rich. It was so rich. And there was a lot of learning there. And so the non-Black people that were on the call were diversity leaders, for example. And they had aha moments because they had made the same mistakes. So I think there's going to, that's a huge opportunity to pay attention again to these communities. We throw out the word communities and we throw it out there, but there's a lot of insights that are coming from those communities. And I think we need to uh, look for those things and pay attention to them. Uh, yeah, that's that's a really interesting point that you're making around like the how brands are connecting or caring more about, I mean, in your, your case, black constituents, but then also like more broadly, it's, it's a very, you have transgender. I mean, there's a lot that's of right. LGBT. That's LGBT. right. Yeah. And, Hispanic. That's right. Yeah. And so, um, and you're right about like our opportunity to be able to connect in our niches is, or people that are like us has never been stronger. I mean, and the algorithms really self-reinforce that too. Right. So it's interesting to me as a 50 year old man, I've been on TikTok now for three weeks. My wife's a sixth grade teacher. And so um, she got me on it. I've been noticing that my feed, it turns out now, is between 50 and 60 year old men who are talking about things like fitness and (laughs) prolonging your youth as long as you can. That's right. I didn't intentionally set out. It's the systems that are like starting to identify people and messages that are resonating with me and that, you know, and that I kind of like glean on to, which is so interesting. But so, you know, what you mentioned um, algorithm. I wanted to talk about that, too, because yeah. artificial intelligence is this other thing, a trend or mm-hmm. whatever that's happening. And there's the, I guess the good thing is, I guess we're open to more information. And the bad thing is that there's a lot of biases involved with artificial intelligence. And I think that's a huge opportunity for our industry to pay attention to that and get involved. I've done a ton of work for a lot of banks, for example, and what continues to come up as these banks are looking at trying to connect and grow their businesses with black consumers and black entrepreneurs is underwriting, which Mm. uses probably an algorithm to decide whether or not you get a loan because they were like, well, how come people aren't getting loans? It's the underwriting. And so uh, for example, Some of the businesses that we talk to in the Black community are cash-based businesses. People are using the um, financial apps, Zelle, Cash App, to collect money and Square. But Black people are still paying with cash for funerals. Grandma Mm -hmm. didn't have a policy. We passed the hat and here's the cash. So a Black funeral home, for example, is coming in with cash has this gets rejected because it's like, what are they doing with all this cash? They must be doing some kind of unscrupulous business practices. Or the woman that she goes to all of these community affairs, she's a vendor and she sells her earrings, her homemade cookies, her placemats that she made for cash. And again, she's getting scrutinized because of that. So that algorithm, it fits into the biases 
that society may have about black people. If you have a lot of cash, then what are you doing to get the cash? And so not having the, what do you call the bankers in the community to understand what's going on with the community to feed the underwriting, the reality of the good, positive reality of what's happening in the community so that underwriting can make more adjustments to their, which would impact the algorithm, which would be more open to provide people opportunity to get more loans. Those are things too that we have to pay attention to. Artificial intelligence is a good thing. Artificial intelligence is a little shaky because it could be have a lot of biases attached to it as well. So that's I, our technology challenge. Yeah, I interviewed CEO of Methinks, Aaron, I can't remember his last name off the top of my head, but anyway, he's a full-blooded American Indian as he casts himself the first of the American slaves. Mm. It, it was interesting. He actually started his career as an analyst of credit at one of the credit bureaus, three credit bureaus. Yes. And what you're articulating is exactly right. There is like, you could look at somebody's, like not ever see their race or anything like that. And then um, you could look at their credit. And then he said, you would form in your head what that person looked like. He goes, that's how deep the bias is built into the algorithms and the psyche, mm. which is a whole different topic. That's but right. it's a, it, but what you're saying is really important. Right. And that is we need to be cognizant and, and aware of what the algorithms are spitting out to us and where they're placing us because there is bias that is built into these things. And it's just like a, a general like education that we need to adhere to. But Absolutely. As researchers, we really particularly need to pay attention to that. We all bring our biases to the table. Um, but when our because our research industry is not very diverse, it just makes me a little concerned about this continuation of these biases. So that's why your you know, these conversations with you and the association bringing in people yeah. like me and allowing me to tell a story is so important. And I am learning from you as well. Um, and, and your colleagues. Oh, I am. I am. And, it, and it's, it's wonderful to hear people talk more about inclusion, people who don't look like me, because those stories have to come from you as, as well. Because they think, sometimes they think, oh, you're too sensitive. But if they come from people who don't look like me, who can help tell our story, it's very important. So that's why all of this is important. And the Laureate Association is important for doing things like this. So I am honored again. I am honored and I am grateful. Our guest today has been Pepper Miller, president of the Hunter Miller Group. Pepper, thank you for joining me on the Happy Market Research Podcast. 